0: Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com podcast. Welcome back to the Garden Culture Podcast with me, Bailey Van Tassel. I am so excited, you guys. Today, we are going to talk about the fall garden and what specifically I am planting and where and with whom, meaning which plants will go with each other companion planting style, Um, what I ordered from... Johnny Seeds this year, which is the only seed company I ordered from this year. This is not a sponsorship at all. It's just the reality of the year. I'm going to dig into all the details. So if you are someone that loves getting plant recommendations and the inside scoop, you'll probably want to take notes. I will try to make the show notes comprehensive, but um, yeah, we're going to dig, we're going to deep dive on exactly what's happening in the fall garden. So, if you're new here, first of all, welcome. I hope you subscribe and get all the downloads and leave a review if you're loving it. But um if you're new here, fall is my favorite time of year to garden and plant because I'm in zone 10 and we get a lovely mild winter and everything just has less issues in the fall and winter. So, it's really fun and I also tend to just prefer the plants of fall and winter. It works for our palate more. We eat more of those foods on a regular basis. So yeah, I'm excited. Okay, I've been thinking on whether I should tell you all the seeds first or where I'm planting it all. So I think I'm gonna jump into what I'm planting and where. I have my garden plan in front of me. Every single year I do the same thing. I get graph paper and I physically draw out my garden by hand there's something about that sort of tactile experience that really like gets me in the zone, visualizing everything. Um, And as you guys know, I really like to have a beautiful vibe and aesthetic with the garden as well. So each of my garden beds is mapped out. I've explained this a little bit on my blog and Instagram. I use this method that I have coined and called poker planting, Um, but it's how I prioritize how much of what I'm growing and how much space I allow it to take up and all that. So uh, alongside that process of like, how much of everything do I want to grow? What are my priority crops? It's also going to be placed based on growing conditions, microclimates, and then what looks really pretty. So I will layer everything in a way that makes it look really beautiful, draws you in um, tall things in the back, yada, yada. So, Going from left to right from top to bottom, like you're reading a book, and I will be getting a blog post up where there's a visual of this. Um, I usually do it after I plant, though, because things always get moved around. I'm just it's just who I am, I don't know. So uh, I'm going to go kind of quick. Okay, so my first bed is going to have onions and cabbage. And then something else I should mention is I won't even t- everything that I'm planting won't have a place on my garden map because there are things that just kind of get shoved and tucked in. So like mm, radishes, for example, don't always make it on the map, but I plant them when there's like gaps and holes. And so if that makes sense, if you don't hear of something, but I've listed it as what I'm growing, it just gets layered in at the end. So uh, first bed, definitely onions and cabbage. And then we're going to go down and do potatoes with lettuce. Um, those beds are actually closest to my kitchen door and not necessarily a functional thing this season. A lot of times I, but lettuce it is where I like to have something. I'm just like running out really quickly to grab. I like to have closest to the door. Um, over one, starting at the top again with my beds, I'm going to be doing charred Brussels sprouts and delicata squash in that bed. And then I'll go down to onions, more onions, broccoli and nasturtium. And then I will have herbs and parsnips in a bed with something climbing. And I'm uncertain still. I think maybe this baby butternut squash that I have, it's from this really cool seed company. The seeds I have are old though, called Row Seeds. And I honestly think these are from, yeah, the germination rate's a hundred percent. These are from 2019, which was A long time ago. So I might row seven seeds. I don't know if those are going to germinate. So we'll start those like tomorrow, literally to see how they're going to do. Okay. Moving on. Um, we're going to go back now and I have a lot of symmetry in the garden. So this is moving into the right side of the garden. I just mentioned the left five beds. Now we're going to the right five beds. So the top one's going to be charred Brussels delicata again. Below that, I'm going to do leeks, cauliflower, nasturtium. And below that, beets and spinach. And then we'll have something else there. So closest to our yard where there's a big arch trellis, I usually do a big heavy row of flowers that really like calls you in through the trellis, creates this entrance moment. That's that bed, beets and spinach. Um, the opposite side of it is the herb and parsnip bed I mentioned. A lot of things will go in those two boxes. I like those to look really full, but it's usually kind of a catch-all because I want it to like <laughs> look a certain way. So then one more row over. I'm gonna do another bed of leeks and cauliflower and then a bed of carrots, peas, and more lettuce. And that will be a fun bed. I really like the way that will have a big teepee trellis for the peas. And then I like to have um like a carrot border and then lettuce in the middle, I think will look really pretty and be a really interesting focal point. So, those are like the anchors in my garden beds right now and account for a lot of the th- new seeds I bought this year. So, as I mentioned, I bought all my seeds for this fall from Johnny's Selected Seeds and I'm not trying to put Johnny's on shout, but I had to pay $15 for shipping. I mean, and their seed packets, like, I'm sorry, that's so annoying to me. Maybe that sounds bougie, bougie and super privileged, but, um, the other seed companies I normally order from because they have free shipping and anyways, Johnny's had the varieties I really, really wanted. So Johnny's won this year. They give me no love, no special treatment. And that's fine. So okay, first thing, I wanted to get daikon radishes. and the reason is because <laughs> there's this woman named Mimi Thorison who um lives over in Europe, and she's just so chic. And she makes this daikon radish cake, I want to say, for Chinese New Year. Um, and she just put daikon on the map for me. And so it's one of those things I've never grown before. I'm super excited. It's kind of just like a fun test situation. And again, it, it challenges me to figure out how to use daikon radishes in my food. Next is, okay. This is so fun actually telling you guys the story behind why I'm growing what I'm growing because you guys will probably giggle like half the time. It's just because it's so silly. Anyways. Okay. We're, I'm growing kalettes, um, which are like a hybrid between um, like broccoli and Brussels sprouts, almost like these little like open Brussels sprout things, Killettes. I heard about them um, through a friend, Becky O'Cole, who I've interviewed here on the podcast. She's so fantastic. She's from Ireland. And she just had this very simple recipe that looked incredible for Killettes. I'd never even seen or heard of them. And Johnny's actually sent like a pamphlet about them, which I have not read, but I had to order those. I even messaged her and I was like, what were those things you grew last year? And she knew what I was talking about. So stoked. Okay. Next, we have the cheddar cauliflower. You guys know I cannot stop talking about this. So last year we had an absolutely incredible cauliflower year and I gave them a lot of space in my beds and I'm glad I did because we ate absolutely all of it. My son who's six now loves roasted cauliflower. In fact, the whole family eats a lot of cauliflower. They'll eat it raw, roasted, steamed. I've been doing these big sort of like cauliflower steaks, almost like quarter to a half inch thick cauliflower roasted with, um, salt, garlic, olive oil. And then we'll do some sort of like a nut, like a pine nut or a pistachio. And then maybe like a little bit of a balsamic glaze. I mean, just it's everything. Okay. So we're having like cauliflower is main character energy in my garden this year. So, um, we have the cheddar cauliflower, which is this gorgeous, like orange cauliflower, they get very big. And here's the deal. Yes, they taste different. They are so creamy and buttery. Like a white cauliflower is, I mean, it's like watery trash garbage if you get it at the grocery store anyways, but I grew some white cauliflower as well. And they just, the flavor wasn't there. However, I did order some this year. I don't know, I'm cauliflower is just a hero. Um, so I got a couple varieties of the colored cauliflower. I got the cheddar And then I also got another one called Clementine. And so we're going to see, we're going to compare the two. They both have that beautiful orange coloring, but we'll see how the flavor is between the two. Then I also had to get purple cauliflower because those are delicious and also just stunningly gorgeous. And I got purple moon and lavender. And those are also two different purple cauliflower. And they typically hold their color when you cook them, which is a bit unusual for veggies. A lot of times if you get like a, a bean or something that is colorful. When you cook it, it actually kind of goes back to being green. It's crazy, but these will, these will hold their color. I did get one variety of white cauliflower. Amazing is the brand. It's called amazing. We'll see. It's like an early, it's an early variety that'll come up quick. And then I got two other things from Johnny's. I got some kookaburra spinach and touchstone gold beets. So Yeah, spinach was major in my garden last year. I just harvested it for like months and months. It thrived. And what I was looking for, especially what I look for in my leafy greens and lettuces, are things that are slow to bolt because we'll have little hot snaps as opposed to cold. We don't get a frost in my zone where I live. So, I always have to make sure that things aren't going to bowl super fast and also because I like to cheat my season and get things started early because I get bored of the summer garden and want to move into the fall garden. So I'm always looking for that. And Johnny's does do a really good job of telling you like exactly what, like all the details on the plants, like what's hardy and what's bolting and what's good in frost and what's resistant to certain pests and diseases. Like they are cream of the crop on that front. It's like absolutely worth it. So Something to think about when you are seeds dropping. Okay. So now I'm gonna dig into my stash of other seeds that I already had that I was gonna work through to just kind of push germination, get them out, um, and moving in the garden. I tend to hoard and collect seeds like we all do. I don't know a single gardener that doesn't do this it isn't like gonna be buried with a bunch of seeds, but anyways. So I always do a bunch of sugar snap peas. I will be doing that again. The variety are The variety I have is sugar snap pea, but, um, what I meant to say the brand is botanical interests. Shout out to my friend, um, Kevin, who just bought that from Epic Gardening. If you guys don't follow him, he's super cool. Uh, and I also have some more touchstone gold beets from them as well. Uh, okay. Carrots. I'm doing snacking carrots. They're called rotilled from Renee's garden. And the kids will probably just eat those straight out of, we call them snackers when they're like really small. The kids just pull them up. It's like the joy of life and eat them straight out of the garden with dirt on them and everything. Okay. So we're also trying something new, a climbing nasturtium called climbing Phoenix. I might put these on my trellis. Actually, now that I think about it, I should start these now because there's going to be a storm tonight. Um, And yeah, we just, you guys all know nasturtium is my favorite. So I've never had this climbing variety. It looks like the petals on the flowers are going to be sort of like a jagged serrated edge, which intrigues me. Um, so yeah. Okay. We've got more peas, more beets. I'm going to try. I know you guys can probably hear the noise of these seed packets moving around. So I have these row seven seeds and the reason, so I I bought these, I mean, goodness, like, years ago now so oh that's pushing it. Um, typically I would tell someone, you know use your seeds obviously within the first one to three years if, if they're stored properly. five being the absolute max I would recommend but I'll try it. So I've got some um, mini butternut squash like individual serving they're so cute like the size of someone's hand. We're gonna try those and then also some Beauregard snow peas which are purple. I've got more nasturtium here in this pile. I am gonna do some broccoli. Last year we loved it. We eat a ton of it Um, from Territorial Seed Co. I have Emerald Crown broccoli, and that did well. It can kind of attract a ton of pests, but if you stay on top of it, my secret really is to have everything under net with hoops. Is just the way to go. It's ugly. I don't love how it looks, but it really keeps things moving. Um, I also think I want to try. Maybe some kohlrabi this year. Um, And then we have cabbage. And last year we did bobcat cabbage, again, from Territorial Seed Company. And we really liked that. I had purple cabbage that were just stunningly gorgeous and tasted really good. I made sauerkraut with it, um, which I do want to do again. So those were big. They just take a lot of space and a lot of time. But they are very majestic to grow. So. Um, that's kind of the basics of what I'm growing this fall and winter. I will be sneaking in. I really need to look at my flowers, but straw flower is something. Um, and then I also will be just doing a bunch of different sort of radishes and leafy greens, maybe even some kale. I always don't eat as much kale as I grow, there's one dish I make. It's a sausage potato kale soup. It's my son's favorite. And so we really just use the kale for that. Other than that, kale just kind of like I'd rather do a spinach or um, some sort of another leafy green to get my greens in than kale. So I don't know. That's my opinion on that. But um, I hope I'm not forgetting some like big major crop of something I know I mentioned onions. I like to get those from a very specific farm, um, Dixondale, which which we've mentioned. I need to get on their list because for me, I don't even really normally get those until actual like winter. I want to say maybe even November. So I need to get on top of it. Um, And then garlic, of course, too. I didn't mention garlic. I grew so much this year, it did really well. And that's always something we use a lot of. So garlic is happening too. I don't just don't know where I'm going to put it. You know, it's such a big, a nine month commitment for garlic and you really want to be able to have flexibility with watering that. So who the garlic is planted with is really important and where it goes, but there's always room for garlic. So anyways, that is, that's the plan. I'm going to get it written up and put it on the blog at some point. Um, if you guys have questions, you can always email me, DM me on Instagram. Um, and if you're loving the podcast, I would be so grateful for a review and also for you guys to subscribe. So this just downloads every Thursday for you. It is truly such a joy to serve you guys and bring you this information and get to have like an actual long form conversation as well as interview just the most fantastic people in, in life that also garden. So um, yeah, I will chat with you guys soon and happy gardening. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning, and I'm so grateful that you found this space. For more information on any technique, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at aileyvantassel.com podcast.